I like mine with lettuce and tomato, Heinz 57 and french fried potatoes, big kosher pickle and a cold draft beer, good God almighty, drinks way do I steer, well it's the Fish Cake King and I'm in, I guess I'm a bit of a cheeseburger in paradise today, so I thought I'd lead with a song. I hope you're all doing well. I have returned again, like I promised. Um, you know, what I find is that podcasting is kind of like therapy, uh, which I probably need. I'm just kidding. Um, or not, who the fuck knows. Anyway, I'm back uh, with the Fresh Fish podcast. We're talking DFS, sports betting, pop culture, whatever's on my mind. So today, um, you know, last time we talked, I guess, about the Bachelor controversy, and I rambled on about uh, the, the downfall of DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, and kind of the rise of sports betting. Today, I'm going to, you know, to follow up on some of the shit that I talked about last time, I, you know, I wanted to talk about uh, Smizzle suing uh, the head of Fantasy Cruncher. That it's just so awesome. It, it you know it kind of came and went out of the uh, out of the realm of of people really caring about quickly, I guess, because you know we all need to move on. But it was just awesome. <clears throat> um, and and people are on both sides of this, which is like not even people who are like pro fantasy cruncher or pro Al. They're just they you know some people think it's a nuisance lawsuit. And it, you know I have history with Al. Which is kind of uh, checkered, which is, you know, uh, I was a big fan of his when he initially started uh, at Roto Grinders, and then he and I butted heads a bit because I thought there were times where he seemed to be acting like represented everybody or was a little above it all. Um, and I used to call him the mayor for years, for the, those of you who used to listen, I called Al the mayor of DFS and I thought it was a great nickname because it's, it's, it was very true. And I, I think, um, but that was all fun and games. That was during a different time where it was kind of fun to slam each other. And, um, you know, he and I had reconciled a bit and, and whatever, it just was like, it just is in the past. And it, the, the funny part about it is like, you know, I, you know, I would go after him pretty hard and he wouldn't really come back because he was, you know, it was just kind of his thing. But like, I would never do the shit that Fantasy Cruncher did. And, and I guess they, you know, I don't even know what this lawsuit's about. I mean, I know it's like defamation or slander or one of those fucking ridiculous things. But, you know, I feel like it's Ms. standing up for Dink. That's my opinion. Um, the shit that Fantasy Cruncher Dave did when attacking Dink, and I didn't mention Dink last time when I talked about it because I just didn't want to, but this just... This, this is just my opinion on this one, which is that, um, you know, Al's in a situation, like, I, I don't pretend to know anybody else's financial situation or their life situation, but it's always been apparent to me that Al has time and money on his hands, which is awesome, you know, uh, some people would envy that and uh or be jealous and i think that's where some of these things are stem from but like he has the time and money on his hands to get involved in this lawsuit and is it a nuisance of course it's a nuisance lawsuit does it really matter i mean he's getting you know he's suing the guy over twitter but like 
you know, sometimes you have to draw a line in the sands or there has to be uh, repercussions for going over the line. Um, and for those of you who don't know exactly the history of the guy from Fantasy Culture, just go look. Um, you know, you know, the idea of saying uh, that people should say thank you for um, using their site is absurd. And then it just ventured off into the ridiculous and attacking people's lives and, and, and real shit. And I don't like that person, and I've said I don't like him, I don't like his wife, I don't like any of them, never met them, don't like them. Uh, I, I don't really know the whole team. Uh, you know, everybody knows I don't like Siege. Um, but whatever, you know. Uh, but, I, you know, I want to take the opportunity to say that I definitely stand with Smith here, which is like, if I had the time on any and energy um, <clears throat> and was in that situation, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, because somebody just has to tell this guy to go fuck off. Uh, he, you know, he, he just, he has gone way too over the line and not really shown remorse other than the guy who says, oh, I was drunk last night. Fuck you. Fuck you. And, you know, I would love to be at the trial. Um, that's what I, I've said before, which is that give me a choice of going to the D.C., what the fuck's that guy's name again? Randone fight? Or or sitting in on this trial? I would way more rather sit in on this trial. And I know DC said he would love to see Siege represent Fantasy Cruncher here because he's a lawyer, theoretically. Um, that, again, that would just be... We should just have, like, a DFS people's court for this. That's what we should do. DFS people's court. We appoint a judge. I don't know who. Um, me. No, I'll 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 be the judge, and then we we get a jury. I mean, I so I won't rule on it. I'm just gonna do this theoretically. I'll just be the judge to hear the arguments, but we'll actually have a jury of eight random DFS assholes um, uh, from different parts of the universe, and let them rule on what should happen. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. I mean, again, I don't need to really be the judge. I'm not trying to insert myself into this. I just would do it because I would think it would be fun. But I think the idea of doing a people's court here would be great. Whoever would want to be the judge and the jury, and then they should live stream it, and they could have arguments, and maybe they'll bet money instead, and the money will go to a charity instead of it going you know, to real lawyers and potentially there being ramifications. I like my idea better because I think ultimately uh, there's an element here of people who want attention. I'm podcasting. Of course I want attention. These morons want attention. They want, so we all crave it. But this is a, a you know, there's two sides of, you know, the idea of, you want to be right, you want to tell people to draw a line, but you also want attention. And I get that's why people have some, you know, pushback against Smith. Like, it's, you know, looking for attention. And I, I, he didn't announce it on the internet that he was going to do it or that stuff, but there's an, you know, that it's going to get out. Anyway, but I like my idea, and I came up with it on the spot. We need a people's court. We need Judge Judy. We need Judge Joe Brown, Judge Morris, whatever. And, um, for them to rule on this. And I, I would love to be at the trial. Or at least let's watch. I mean it would be great. I mean it's got to be better than impeachment hearings. Right? Um, it has to, has to be. 
has to be. Uh oh, the dog is crying. That is that is. Look, look. We're gonna pause for a second. We're gonna take a station break here for Russell the dog who is crying. And we're back. The dog is still crying. For those of you who listen, you know that I have an English bulldog named Fat Russell, uh, who has more Twitter followers than me. Um, I've always said that I would quit Twitter when he got more followers than me, and I didn't do that. So, I'm a liar. That's just the way it goes. Fuck you. Anyway, let's get into sports betting for a minute, because it's been a disaster area. Uh, We can start with, I lost most of the money in my accounts on the Sixers versus the Lakers, uh, which was like two weeks ago almost. Uh, I had the Lakers. I live bet the Lakers. I live bet the Lakers money line at halftime. I had LeBron in the over. Like I had, if the Lakers had won, I I crushed it. I mean, and honestly, I had the Lakers plus thirteen and a half or something for half my balance. And uh, all I needed that was to get back even. I think they lost by seventeen. They were down by eight towards the end. Yeah, that was just terrible. Um, so most of my balances were gone at that point. I had put in uh, some Super Bowl bets. So I had some live Super Bowl bets. And I, I had some money in some other accounts. Um, but I had a week where I believe I had six parlays of somewhere between three and five teams that I lost with, with one leg. So I went, only one of them was three. But I had a few where I went four and one, three and one. And the worst part about it is like, Of course that happens, but the odds of that happening so many times in a week and then never being in a position for the last one to be the loser. Because if the last one is the loser, I can hedge. Um, And I I was never in a spot to hedge. And you're talking about, you know, plus 3,300, plus 1,400, plus 7,200. Like just fucking, you know, nice numbers that get me back to even, um, get me back in play and just, just... Killed and uh, death by parlay. Uh, the funny thing is that it, you, I think I looked and I made like six or seven straight bets, and I'm like six and one. The only one I lost is is, is the Lakers. Great, way to go. Of course, by, by far my uh, my biggest account and the Super Bowl. Um, my opinion was simple: the if the Chiefs won, they would hit the over, and so all of my bets were the Chiefs. And the over is parlay. Yeah, so I was exactly wrong. You know, I I, I never I didn't bet the Niners and the under as the you know the opposite of that. But uh, that was the end. <laughs> I I, lo- I missed every pro- every prop parlay that I think I had like seven or eight prop parlays. You know, FanDuel now offers these same game parlays where you know you can do correlated bets and stuff. It's nuts. It's nuts, I tell you. It's nuts. And I and um, I lost every one of those. I did not win a single Super Bowl bet. That is the first time I can ever remember. I think last year, um, I did all my Super Bowl betting against one of my friends who said he wanted to, you know, he just wanted to book all my action, and he just gave me a list of bets. And I think I was perfect last year. So I guess this balances it out. Um, for those of you who won money, good for you. Um, I did, and I had one bet on the Niners. Um, I didn't bet the. So, um, a lot of the you know the the legal sites offer these odd boosts, and some of them are, are 
are kind of crazy. And uh, there was, I think, uh, I want to say BetMGM had an odd boost to have the Niners money line to plus 200. So I just took my balance and put it on the Niners at plus 200. Because I figured, again, it was kind of the correlation play where it was, I was like, okay, I, I didn't bet the you know the Niners in the under parlay, but I was kind of almost getting that money. And no, so basically I got it exactly wrong. If the Niners win, I would have done okay. I still would have lost, but I would have got some money back. <laughs> and if, uh, honestly, if I got a late touchdown by, a late George Kittle touchdown, uh, there would have been ginormous because I had a bunch of parlays uh, with Kittle and a touchdown in them. Uh, Kittle, the over yards, so a nice long bomb. I would that would have been that would have hit every parlay. It would have been bing, 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 bing. Would have been like a pinball machine. Um, so it was fun to sweat it, uh, but it's not fun to look at fucking zero, 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 zero across all my accounts. So, um, which brings me to the zombie account. I talked about before which is my Bovada account which is I have not been able to kill not been able to get to zero and every time I have a chance of going to zero uh, something happens and this time I was not saved um, that's a shame uh, I even took like the bonus like they give you the bonus I cashed in my bonus and bet all that fucking money on on the on the Chiefs and the over parlay it was ugly it was it was it was a really ugly but I can say the zombie account is dead but I do have a couple futures alive in there. I have Amy Klobuchar to win president, I think, at 100 to 1. So that's basically trash. And then I think I have uh, the Nuggets to win the championship at 25 to 1. So unless either of those happen, the zombie account is dead. Now, th there's one thought, which is like, and this gets into uh, some of the ideas of why offshore betting exists which is one of my absolute, absolute favorite things to bet on is election day. Um, that is the most overreacting like markets that people do not look at the numbers and understand what's going on. And they, they the, the markets swing so violently throughout the day that you can hedge both sides. I mean, I, the, I think the last, you know, in 2016 was, no, it was 2018 that I killed it. Because the, the all the all the Florida races um, were looked like they were going to go to the Democrats, and they, the Republican lines shot through the roof. And I just bought them because it was so close and did real well. And I did I think I bought Beto plus four points against uh, Cruz. Um, yeah, so I love Election Day. And so what I mean by that is you, it's still illegal to bet on politics inside the United States. So even though my account is dead. Um, it will live again in November, as far as I'm concerned. Um, or maybe I'll open a different offshore account. I can't even imagine why I would. Um, bonus chasing is a nightmare. Um, I tried to, uh, I had a friend in town for the Super Bowl, and uh, she wanted to bet, and I was like, ah, oh, they have all these great, you know, insurance bonuses where you can, you know, if you bet, you get your money back. And she tried to deposit, and like, um, you know, they didn't approve the deposit, you know, cause her bank, whatever on the debt, but they still held her money. So like, and she didn't rise us. She did it like five times. She had like a grand locked up 
And uh, I was like, all right, here, here's a grand. Give it back to me when you get your money back. Because I felt terrible because I was trying to, you know, I'm like, I'm just done bonus chasing. For one reason or the other, um, it's just not good. I mean, they, they, you know, they advertise all these, you know, first bet insurance will give you 100% up to five, $500. But they, they kind of like don't make you feel like it's going to happen when you go to bet. There's no kind of like, we're going to, you know, this is the bet um, that we're going to insure. Um, and so you got to kind of cross your fingers and the same shit with the um, uh, with deposit side. So the only bonuses that I really will chase is uh, um, the, those odds, post, odd, odds boosts. Um, you know, it's weird because I went to sign up for points bet on Sunday myself chasing a depo- uh, deposit bonus. I was like, fuck it, you know, uh, for the Super Bowl, I'm going to I'll place a big bet and, you know, if not, I'll get my money back and whatever. And they did, same thing happened with me was they did not accept PayPal. So it was an ACA. It was like either your bank account or, and you know, my bank would not approve my debit card for it. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just like, I'm not going to get a check upstairs and do all this fucking bullshit um, just to do it, uh, just to get the deposit bonus. And they have called me. They've texted me, um, you know, just trying to walk me through. It's crazy. Uh, they, you know, they, they won't let it go. Eventually, I'll probably agree to it and whatever because you know <laughs> I, I, I told you i won't bonus chase but like if i can get one 500 bet dollar bet that they'll they'll absolutely give me back fine i don't know i will I, i'll find a, a perfect night to bet against the sixers and uh, i'll fire it when the sixers are uh, a favorite against like somebody uh on the road some bad team on the road and i'll bet on the bad team on the road uh, because the Sixers are terrible on the road. Speaking of other things to bet on, there are two things coming up to bet on. One this weekend, hopefully you listened to before this, is the Oscars. Um, not that much fun to bet on. It's not. It's, it just doesn't move fast enough. You know what I mean? Like, if anybody you have ever bet on horse racing, horse racing is kind of fun because you bet a race and then you have 20 minutes between the next race. You kind of, like... Spend that time researching. I mean, some people research it all, bet it all, and are done for the day. I bet one race, research the next race, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can, you know, if you're doing, like, the daily doubles or the pick six, you have to do that in advance. But whatever. Um, at least there's only 20 minutes. The Oscars, it's just, it, like, takes forever. Just takes forever. And, like, um, I mean, I, I'm still going to bet it because I'm a fucking degenerate. And I think I have an angle. I, you know, I watched most of the movies. And I got to, I just did not believe that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was going to win any Oscars. Um, I just don't think it's that good of a movie. Uh, But who the hell knows? And I turned on 1917. I got like a screener of it. And I watched the first 10 minutes. I was like, oh, this fucking thing is going to win every award. Every award. I mean, it's it's just beautiful. But it's not a really good movie. Like, it, like, just not a lot happens. So, like, I, you know, I, again, it, what happens, I got halfway through it, and I was like, uh, all right, this is not going to win everything. So I am torn. I am, from a betting perspective, I'm going with, what, like, exactly against what I just said, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because I think there's going to be this, uh, these people who are one who, who are, you know, love Hollywood, you know, it's Hollywood voting for Hollywood, um, in like kind of the anti-1917 crowd. And I think that there's a chance that Parasite 
1917 may have some overlap, causing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to do well. Um, if you look at the Best Actor and Best Actress like uh, categories, the, the numbers are ridiculous. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Renee Zellweger, uh, Zellweger, I can't fucking pronounce her name, um, are two huge favorites. Um, I wouldn't touch uh, Best Actress. Best Actor, mm, Leo at 80 to 1. I might take a chance at at 80 to 1. I I mean, again, I I don't know. uh, I mean, it's it's just a plus EV thing. It's not not I think Leo is going to win. But if you want to give me 80 to 1 on Leo, uh, I I think I got to bet it. And uh, I'm not even sure what the odds really are because the odds are all over the place. There are only a few places in the U.S. that do it. Like, FanDuel's not offering it as of now. DraftKings is. Um, who knows? I'm just looking at the odds checker. <laughs> you know, best director. I mean, I think Mendes wins that. I, I, I think there might not. I think there might be, like, this, you know, weird non-correlation of where he may win Best Director, but not win Best Picture. So I, I, I don't know. But, you know, so there is some, you know, mystery as into who I think is going to win. I think if you're going to bet, the categories to bet are the underdogs and Best Actor, uh, the underdogs and Best Picture. Um, that's, that's really where I would go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck around. I mean, I guess you could... Best Supporting Actress is a place to go, but I don't know. I... I this is where the degeneracy just kicks in, where I'm just like, I don't want to bet this, but, like, come on. And we'll see, like, some some sites will allow parlays and some won't. Uh, best Supporting Actress with Laura Dern. Again, I don't think she was that good, but I don't know who I'm going to bet there. Like, I'm not betting Margot Robbie. Just, if I... I I'm probably going Scarlett Johansson there, but you know because she's dominated in two different categories, man, man, just you know what? Be smart. Just bet Best Picture, bet a dog in Best Picture, and bet a dog in Best Actor. And if you can parlay them, I would do that. And then that's the Oscars. Now the other thing that's starting is the XFL. Now there was some DFS controversy where uh, DraftKings was going to do it, and they were going to only do showdown slates, and then they switch it to the classic slate. I don't know if it matters. I mean, I want to gamble. Like, I like I love basketball way more than football. But for gambling, you know, football is better. It just is. I, I can't put my finger on it. I think it's just the way the game swings and just the way the points are created is just far different than basketball. Basketball just feels like a tide that rolls in and out and like you the, the best thing with basketball is to bet live lines and I, and I haven't been doing that as much this year it's probably why I'm getting my ass kicked um, but the like I looked at like I was excited about the XFL I'm like I look at the rules you know they're gonna be shorter play clocks and and different opportunities uh, with kickoffs and other shit and and uh, and extra points and two-point conversions and but I looked at the rosters, and they're awful. The rosters are fucking awful. Like, I don't understand how they didn't come up with some marquee guys. Like, if you look back 100,000 years to when the USL, USFL started, they stole marquee guys. They had real money. Um, 
And they, you know, got Herschel Walker, Doug Flutie, Jim Kelly, Reggie White. Just was like, you know, they were, they, they went off a bunch of different rules. I mean, the XFL was clearly not meant to compete with the NFL, which is, I think, you know, the USFL was. And that's part of the problem, which is like, it's, it's glorified Arena League. Like, I think really the Arena League is a better product. It is than what you're likely to see in the XFL. That's my opinion. Um, that was the fast-paced, um, high-scoring, you know, different-looking type of thing. And I, I never could get into it because there's just no stories. There's no – you can just watch it. It's like, do we want to bet on the Israeli Basketball League? Or I mean, I bet on the Philippine Basketball League. But I didn't actually watch the games. Um, and that's what I think is going to happen the XFL. And I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope. But I, I just feel like they, 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 if they were going to do this, they needed to get like four or five marquee names. They're like They should have gotten Antonio Brown somehow. Um, they, they, they should have tried to just, I don't know, get Tebow. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't know who else they could have gotten. I mean, they could have tried to pick some college freshmen. They, again, it most likely it has to do with TV deals and that if they had went right at the NFL, um, they wouldn't have been able to get a real TV deal. It certainly wouldn't be on Fox. Um, they would have to be on an alternative to who carries, who's the, is there, what network does not have any football. Um, I think they all do, right? CBS, NBC, you know. ABC has, I guess ABC, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, they don't have football, they have ESPN. So there's no major network that could really have um, XFL coverage that would compete with the NFL. The NFL just wouldn't stand for it. Um, and the NFL wouldn't water down their own product by, you know, kind of giving the rubber stamp. That was the, when they had the European Football League, that was the closest we ever got. Like that was that was that was closer. That was like an actual like minor leagues where you could see the guys from the practice squads and stuff. And that, that's I mean again, look at these fucking rosters. They're not even like good college players. Um, they're not even good CFL. Like what level quality do you think this is gonna be? Like the AAF, which was garbage. I think had better players than this. Um, I think it had better coaches. I mean, I know that they're definitely going for more of a CFL-type style here, so they brought in CFL coaches, but, like, I don't fucking care. Like, I need stories. Like, you need to suck me in initially and why I'm going to care about this. And, like, the, the quality of the talent is just not going to be there. Um, and I don't think the tweaks are going to be good enough for me to care. Because, again, think of Arena League. So, you know, fingers crossed. I... I, I I want I want to bet on it, but I just think that if I can't watch it, I can't bet on it. That's that's my opinion. Um, that doesn't mean I always have to watch it, but if I turn on the product, the product is so bad that I can't enjoy it. Um, when I have money on it, I won't do it. That's just the bottom line. Now you you may feel differently, and everybody likes shit more. Like I said, I like basketball more than uh, football. Um, like, I could bet on Summer League. I could bet on, I think I could bet, almost bet on Big Three. Um, I could bet, I definitely could bet on that, that winner-take-all tournament uh, that they have every summer. Every summer. But, you know, because I can watch all those things. This, I can't watch. Or, I, I mean, 
anticipating that I can't watch. Anyway, I hope it's good. Um, now we're going to venture into shit that you may not want to hear about. I'm going to talk about the NBA trade deadline, um, Kobe, and politics. And some of these things have been beaten to death already, but I want to get some shit off the my chest. So I'm going to start with the NBA trade deadline. Um, I, I am going to let me let me vent for a second, which is, oh my fucking god, I hate my fucking team. I'm a Sixers fan. I hate them. I hate what's going on. I hate I hate Brett Brown. I hate Shaq. Um, not Shaq. I mean, I hate. I hate Brett Brown. I hate Elton Brand. Uh, I'm disappointed in Embiid and Simmons and Horford and and uh, Richardson and Harris. I am just disgusted. Um, and if you, I was watching TNT, and the reason I slipped and mentioned Shaq is that um, Shaq went on air and said he was at a su- either the Super Bowl or a Super Bowl party that was sitting directly between Embiid and Simmons. And said, listen, you guys don't have to like each other to play well. You don't have to like each other to win. And he was just basically trying to say, you can be shacking the Shaq and Kobe of the modern era. Um, you don't have to get along. You don't have to love each other to be great. And, like, you know, that had not really... I, I still don't think people are even talking about it. Because I think Shaq really slipped up. Because this is the locker room shit that, you know, Horford mentioned, but wasn't explicit. Simmons and Embiid do not like each other. Confirmed. It is confirmed. This is a disaster. This is why uh, I would fire Elton Brand into the sun. I want the whole, I want to set fire to the front office. I do. Because I've been harping on firing Brett Brown forever. Not because I don't like Brett Brown or think he's a good coach. I think they stopped listening to him a long time ago. These, this is the only coach that both of these guys has ever known in the pros. They're young guys. And they just stop listening to him. I mean, if you're the coach and you tell Ben Simmons to go out and shoot a three-pointer every game and he doesn't shoot one in like twelve, the next 12 games, he's not listening to you. And it's, it's bizarre. That team is disgusting. Um, you cannot play Horford, Simmons, and Embiid at the same time. They're too slow or they occupy the same space. They cannot create ball movement um, when... Uh, Simmons tries to penetrate, and Embiid has to come out. Both Embiid and, and Horford have to come out of the pain in that situation. It's a disaster. I don't understand how they can't see this. I, the, the trade I wanted to see, this is how it goes to the deadline, which is, I don't even know if it exactly worked, but theoretically, Eric Gordon for Al Horford. That was the trade that I wanted because, I, I listen, I like Al Horford. It's, it's just a, a situation of it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It, 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 Embiid and and Horford can't play at the same time. Just it just doesn't work. Like not with and without having other guards. And then Simmons is off the floor. Simmons and Horford can play together. Um, Simmons and Embiid may be able to play each other with each other, but they need much more athletic guys. Even Harris is too fucking slow. He's I mean he's he's a good shooter. He's smooth offensively. He's not terrible. He, he's long on defense, but he's just too slow. You have to understand when you penetrate, the ball has to move. You have to move. That's what creates the open shots on penetration. These guys just can't move. They just can't move, and they're not great uh, set sh- shooters. So it's a disaster. It's a clusterfuck. Will they get better? I don't know. They traded for Alex Burks and Glenn Robinson. Um, Jake Milton has looked decent at times, maybe when Richardson comes back, but I just, I think they should have cut bait on Horford. I just, that was, that was the move for me that would have made sense. Just, 
I, I mean, you tried what you tried. Imagine if they just, like, again, you look at what Jimmy Butler's doing this year, and they shipped him out to keep Harris and sign Horford. It's just a sign of a terrible front office and bad coaching. Good coaches make that work. Instead, they kowtow to Simmons and Embiid, pet them like they're, they're my little doggy here, and and I end up with, you know, this franchise that, you know, the, the process is dead. The process is dead. And this is for all the defenders of the process. Um, you're an idiot. You're just an idiot. I mean, you, to, what I mean by that is if you think that just by getting high draft picks and getting good talent and you're going to win championships, it just doesn't work that way. There's so much more. I mean, you will get a competitive team. But you, there's so much more to being great. Um, and you can look at a team like Toronto. A, you look at Toronto um, or what happened in Golden State. The only exception is LeBron. He is the only exception that has transcended uh, the, the idea of chemistry. And he's, what, at worst, the third best player in the history of the NBA? At worst. I mean, there's an argument for first or second. I have him as second. So just stop your fucking bullshit with the, the process and the way that people are approaching the game. It just doesn't work. You need chemistry. You need good coaches. And I just don't know if it even happens anymore with the way that, that players are moving around. And that's actually one of my, been my arguments for what's, uh, with getting rid of Brown in Philadelphia is that it's not that Simmons and Embiid can't eventually work, but one of these guys is going to force their way out of the city. Like, that's where this is headed, which is one of the two of them is going to force their way out. And it's most likely Simmons is going to force his way out. You know, the the city has never embraced uh, Simmons like they have Embiid. Um, They could, um, and I think that's part of the problem right now, is they both want to be that guy. And they're just, you know, I don't know. Um, All right, you know, another big trade was Wiggins uh, for D'Angelo Russell to Golden State, which, from my perspective, you know, I think it's it's good for both teams. I mean, the contract that Wiggins has is a little disgusting. Um, So I just don't know how that fits in Golden State when you have Draymond, uh, Clay, and Steph. There's just no other money around there. But, um, you know... Wiggins can easily be somewhere between Harrison Barnes and Kevin Durant. Now, he's nowhere near Kevin Durant. Um, but, uh, you know, it just, uh, so I shouldn't mention it, but those are the two guys he's coming in to replace. They won uh, uh, a title with, with you know, Harrison Barnes and Iguodala, which I'm about to get into. So, I, I mean, I, I think Wiggins has an opportunity. I mean, and when people say, ah, you know, that doesn't really happen. Like, you literally on the other side of the street is the is a, a perfect example of a high-drafted uh, uh, guy in D'Angelo Russell who what had a shitty time at the Lakers. Was in the bad situation, wasn't unleashed, not the right coach, um, you know, had, had his issues with his teammates. And maybe that's what, what, where Wiggins is. It's like... Maybe he needs to be guided, and there and the leadership that he got there was Cat and Jimmy Butler, and um, you know those just aren't the guys. And, and maybe he didn't respect them or whatever. But if you go into Golden State and you you don't respect Draymond Clay and Steph, you just might as well go play in the Israeli Basketball League because they have the titles, they have everything to back it up, they have all the credentials. 
So um, I like that trade for both sides, except for I just don't know how it, uh, you know, kind of pigeonholes Golden State going forward with their salary cap, especially with the salary cap going down. See, see, um, the Iguodala trade. Now, listen, when Miami was going to get Gallinari and Iguodala, I was, I thought that was insane. I just I th- thought that that would make them the East version of Houston, but better. I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's hard to explain. Like they just ha- would have the ability to shoot from all positions and defend from all positions, and with Bam out there, it's just a, it's a, just a great lineup. Um, I, I, listen, they gave up Justice Winslow, who they you know they had to give up on. There's just not minutes for him. Uh, all right, I lost my place. The dog was crying. I had to pause again. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings, sweetheart. Anyway, <laughs> Iguodala's 500 years old. I mean, that's where I'm going with this, which is um, when they were going to get Gallinari, I thought it was good. Um, oh, they gave up on Justice Winslow. They had to. They don't have the minutes. It just it just doesn't fit in with what they did. It's, it's so interesting that they gave Richardson and Winslow away um, so quickly. I mean... Miami is a great franchise, man. This is a perfect example of a good front office where they find players or and they find players that are undervalued or pull them off the scrap heap and they know how to trade. Um, in this instance, I think Iguodala is old. Um, 36 years old. A lot of miles on them. Um, I'm not going to disrespect Iguodala, but you look at the last two playoffs, I'm pretty sure he was hurt in both playoffs. Now he didn't. He got to sit out for a half a year, um, and he, you know, he should be more well rested. I just, I just don't think he's the piece there. I think Jay Crowder, who they got, is as much a piece as Iguodala. That's that's my opinion. Um, I, I think that the, they're going to be difficult to play in the playoffs. I think, you know, my uh, Miami, Milwaukee. Uh, is a real problem. I, I, I just, I mean, that's, they match up great against everybody except for Milwaukee, I think. Um, uh, you know, Boston, basically that's Boston, Toronto, and Indiana. Um, the only team that's really built to beat Milwaukee is the Sixers, and in, under their current construction, it won't happen, um, or at least under the way they're running the team. And, you know, as of this podcast last night, the Sixers lost in Milwaukee by, I think, they lost by 11, I know, because I had the Sixers plus 10. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's my opinion, which is this trade deadline, uh, the, what's the other thing, Covington going to the Rockets. I don't, I, I mean, I think Daryl Morey is assuming that he can pick up some sort of body. I mean, the idea that you don't even have to have a center on the roster is a little insane. Like I get, like listen, the 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 uh, the Warriors won a title with Draymond basically playing center, but they had Bogut or Azili or other uh, Anderson Varejao. They had all sorts of guys that they would run on the bench. They had bodies to throw out there. Like they're gonna have to sign somebody, right? That's why again the the trade Horford for for Eric Gordon I thought was perfect. I thought Horford would be the absolute perfect guy for them. Um, can switch all positions, can sh- shoot the three, but maybe it's the same situation as like with the Sixers. It's just too slow. It'll be just they just want to run, 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 run. 
And P.J. Tucker at center, I mean, he's not Draymond Green, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think that I think that's one of those things where you watch it, and it's like as much of not having that center matters. Like you don't have these pounded out low centers. Like Rudy Gobert is not going to score forty five points, right? He's not. And then you could say, oh, you know, Jokic. Um, well, he doesn't really pound it at the basket. He's more of a finesse player. Um, I think Anthony Davis is the guy that that you really have trouble with, and I just don't know who you would get other than, like, Al Horford. Um, you know, you need a long body to put out there, and it's just, I think Capella would have been fine, especially against AD. I don't I, – I just – I mean, I, th- I just don't get this move. Like, I really don't. Like, especially in a situation where it, 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 it's it's – I guess the only thought is like we can't beat the Lakers no matter what. So our feeling is let's av- let's hope somebody else beats the Lakers, um, and then we can match up against anybody else. That's it. That's all I can come up with, or that they they really think that they can get a a buyout center. Um, there are a few teams that are searching for a buyout center. Like if uh, Tristan Thompson gets bought out, um, you know the Celtics will be in the market, uh, the Clippers and uh, and the Heat. Not the Heat, the Rockets. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I the, you know, the deadline didn't work for me because I wanted the Sixers to make a move. I wanted them to get more shooting, um, and get more athletic in the front court, and and actually get rid of some of the high end talent because I think it's just there's just not enough ball to go around, and um, you know, that's just the way it goes. I'm gonna segue into Kobe now. You know, some time has passed since. Since the tragic accident with Kobe. And all I want to say is that, like, it hit me a lot harder than I thought it would. That's as simple as that. Which is, you know, it kind of happened out of left field. I mean, I remember that morning just looking at the, had CNN on. And it says, you know, there's a helicopter crash in Calabasas. And you're like, yeah, you know, shit happens. And you're like, oh, well. Um, which is sad in and of itself. But that's exactly what I thought. And then, you know, five minutes later, it was that Kobe was on that helicopter. And I was just like, wow, fuck. It just hit me, you know. Uh, I, I don't know why. Like, I mean, I mean I, I've been trying to look at it and understand it. Is that, like, you know, I, I try to live my life and I, I push myself constantly to try to get more out of life. And I think that I don't get as much out of life as the opportunities have been afforded me. And that disappoints me. Um, and that when I look at a guy like Kobe, it's like, here is a guy who's getting as much as possible out of life. Dad, uh, amazing basketball player, but pushing himself. He's going to the Mamba Academy. He's going with his daughter just on a helicopter. It's just I don't know why it was being a helicopter. just fucked with my mind. It's just like, here's a guy. He's got all the money. He's just, and he's using it the right way and just snuffed out in a second. And it's just like, just hit me. And I, and I want to, you know, want to say that it's, inspire me to be a better person it has but i feel like it makes me go you know in divergent paths sometimes it makes me feel like yeah you gotta value every second and the other part is just like it's just pointless no matter how great you are and how hard you push fucking could be taken away from you in a second um it's just it just sucks and you know on social media that day i specifically restrained from posting about it because you know I just felt like I didn't want to make it about me, and I, and I, clearly it's like I never met Kobe Bryant, and I think there were a lot of people that uh, 
you know, they they needed to make it about them. And and, and I also, and the, the other side of it is like, people were grieving and I don't feel like I should have, I wasn't judging people who wanted to say things about, you know, how, you know, Kobe influenced their lives or whatever. And of course, some people are just, just again, it's about them. But some people are just expressing themselves in a way like I'm doing right now, weeks later. That's what made sense for me was that I would take time about it. And I mean, uh, you know, I thought I only got to see Kobe play twice. Um, once, uh, you know, against the Sixers when he was young, in the first couple of years, probably around 99. I mean, I, I guess I only saw him early in his career. I never saw him late. Maybe I did, but I don't remember. Uh, and then the only NBA Finals I ever went to was when they played the Nets the second year. And I think I saw Game 3, and I think, I'm pretty sure they swept him. Um, and, you know, it, I, I don't know if I ever... The, both those times, Kobe wasn't Kobe. He was, you know, he was Robin to, Bat, uh, to, to Shaq's Batman. Um, so I can't sit here and say, ah, I was so overwhelmed by it. But I'm glad I got to see him play. He had a presence, he had a swagger that was unmistakable, and and I was not a Kobe fan. And I don't and I don't mean that in any disrespectful way. I actually mean that with the utmost respect. I didn't like Kobe, the basketball player. Not be not his I don't mean that about his skills or anything like that, but like he was on a team that beat my team in the playoff in the finals, and he was a Philadelphian who didn't want to play in Philadelphia. Um, and it was just like he's the type of guy who's on your team. You love the shit out of him, and if he was on the other team, you didn't like him. But that dislike was moored in respect, um, and that's the way I felt about Kobe. And, and I don't even think, again, a lot of the stuff I never even would have considered or thought about until he passed away. So it's tragedy, and, you know, uh, that's it. It's just I just wanted to get it a little bit off my chest, and I hope, you know, I hope people use it to make their lives better. I hope people use everything to make their lives better. I hope using this ridiculous podcast to make your life better and know that I'm here and I love you. Um, now the last thing, I left this for the end, um, is politics because I I kind of lost my shit this week. Um, on Twitter, I had to go back and delete some tweets and, and stuff and just... Uh, about what happened with Mitt Romney and impeachment. I don't know why that sent me overboard. Just the idea that, that, that people would come back at him. And I am not pro-Trump. I am anti-Trump. I am, but I am not a registered Democrat. I'm an independent. And that is what that is. Like, I mean, that's kind of what my problem is right now, is that not just that I don't like the idea of... of you know, red and blue, left and right. It's that it just doesn't work. Um, and the other part that really hit me this weekend, it's, it's been a, a slow uh, burn to get here, but when I was a kid in grade school, when you're young, you know, seven, eight years old, you're taught about how this amazing thing that is America, this democracy, this the we the people, and that the will of the people will be done in one man, one vote, one person, one vote, and like now, you like we weren't taught that that, that 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 was based on some level of decorum, which is that we you know we don't live in a true democracy. We live in a democratic republic, and it has been bastardized over the past who knows how many years, 
30 years, gerrymandering, the Electoral College, um, the Senate. They said, you know, uh, for impeachment, that uh, the number of senators who voted for it versus against it, like I think there were 20 million more people represented by the the minority than the majority. Um, it's just, it's a problem. It's a problem that the will of the people can no longer be done. Um, you know, and I will tell you, all right, I had a good friend over and we were discussing it and I was explaining that like, I do not like Trump and I did not, I did not believe that he should have been removed from office based on the information of what we found or, or that we knew. I actually don't think he should have been removed. I guess well, there were two counts of impeachment. One of them was abuse of power and the other was obstruction of Congress. I actually don't think he should have been removed for um, abuse of power. He should have been removed for obstruction of Congress because that was the part that basically makes me worry about the future of democracy, which is there was a ton of evidence that he, there was, there was evidence that he did this and then there was nothing to prove that he didn't and anything that would confirm it he had stonewalled. And that's the problem. Like, we can't live in a society where, well, it's just not a democratic society when the executive branch can eliminate the checks of the, of, of the, of the Congress. I don't even know why I'm the legislative branch. And when the legislative branch does not re represent the majority of the people, what do we have? And it's fucking frightening. And I don't, and again, I don't mean this left or right. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, don't support Trump, support, you know, Bernie Sanders or whatever. I, did, I, don't, I don't even have a candidate on uh, the left that I really love. And that's, I think, a big problem. Uh, I gave money to Andrew Yang because I specifically wanted there to be more discussion about the things that he was talking about. And we got some of it, but not really. Um, you know, it's so funny that, you know, the right complaints about the mainstream media. It's crazy how the, uh, you know, the mainstream media or the, has ignored some of the candidates. Specifically to not let them get traction. I think they ignored uh, uh, specifically Yang and Klobuchar for a while. And, and there were other uh, candidates out there. It's, it's just, it's disappointing. And that's why I'm trying, that's why I'm talking about it. Because I don't, I don't want to talk here and say, um, like I said, you should be this way or you should be that way. We should just have a, a functioning democracy. That's, that's what I believe in. We should have a functioning democracy. Do I have an answer for this? Listen, my answer is uh, nothing that can work. Which is, I mean... I think that the electoral college and the and the the nature of the Senate to two senators per state uh, need to change. I would live with one of those. How about that? Like, you either you know either popular vote for president or eliminating uh, Senate to per state. Like maybe give them minimum two, and then you get bonus senators for every whatever. X number. I mean, it's just insane that Wyoming and California have the same number of senators and the same amount of power. Just doesn't work. Just think about that. It just doesn't work. And I, I mean, it doesn't make sense that Florida does. It does. It it just doesn't make sense. Like why the House of Representatives is the will of the people. And the closest thing, even that, has been gerrymandered, and 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 causes a problem. But it's the closest thing we have to the will of the people. Um, 
And, and, you know, when we talk about, like I was talking earlier about betting on politics, which I will absolutely do um, and, and whatnot going forward, um, you know, think about the idea that Trump is now about a two-to-one favorite. He's about, I don't know, he's like a minus 170 to win re-election, but he's plus 175 to win the popular vote. He's like, he's not going to win the popular vote. It's like, is that where you want to to live? Like, I, that's not where I want to live. I guess uh, some of that is, you know, live. I, I mean, I live in New Jersey and Florida, and in Florida, my vote matters, and in New Jersey, it doesn't because in New Jersey, ever you know, they always vote for a Democrat for president. I think other than eighty four for. For uh, Reagan, I think they've gone every time. So it's like it's like a meaningless vote. Um, where in Florida, it's it's a lot closer. Um, so I, I mean, I just don't think that I believe in one person, one vote, and that's that's the democracy that I want. And and it, I don't think it meant as much. It wasn't as big of a problem until the last three decades, where the political operatives got so smart. Um, and, and just basically the idea of decency was removed out of politics on any level. Um, and now it's just a game of, of cutthroat who's going to win. And if, that, if, if it's just going to be who's going to win, then I think we need to go back to something that represents a little bit more of the will of the people. But whatever, you know, I got it off my chest. That's what I have to say, which is, again, I don't want to sweat. I don't. I respect your political positions and and your rights to have them and all the other things. I think that if we could agree, all right, I'm gonna stem going one other thing before I quit, which is that my one of my other problems with politics is that when it comes to policy, we don't start with the goals; we just start with theories. Which is like, and I'll use a left one, which is like uh, Elizabeth Warren: free college, get rid of college debt, like. Those are just like solution. Those are just like bumper stickers. They're not like you're not addressing the problem, which is all right. Um, college debt. There's too much of it. All right. Who's really hurt by it and why? So let's proportionately give back. Like let's you know do things like oh you can go bankrupt or every you know after ten years you half of it goes down <laughs> or you go public service. Russell, see Russell's into this. He's like enough politics. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my point of view, this is funny. Anyway, the, the dog is, was letting people know they're on the, they, the people on his territory. My point is that when it comes to politics, we just start with goals. There's too much college debt. Our goal is to decrease it. Um, and for the people who are, is, it is disproportionately hurting, uh, college, college is too expensive for people. So let's make it cheaper let's like my solution with colleges uh, is simply every state should be required to have a free online university and that we should be in like if you know anybody who's in school or you've been in school recently a significant portion of college is available online i mean fucking mit and harvard both have a significant amount of their courses on there why aren't we investing in technology to make this cheaper make it more competitive that 
and especially when you're looking at, at student debt, which is like, let's make sure that, that people aren't continuing to incur this, that this problem is not going on further and further. So again, let's, you know, whatever it is, look at the goals. What are the goals? And let's talk about steps to get there. It's just fucking bumper sticker now. Uh, you know, uh, you know, no more drilling, no more fracking. Uh, we have to, you know, like these are just shit like this just doesn't happen. These are just bumper stickers, and that's the problem. Is that's how we ended this? Just this like left and right um, stuff, and that that you know one side finds an issue that you'll vote on, vote on, and that's it. So again, I, I could go on and on, and at some point I will. And like the the great part about this is that I put this at the end so that if you didn't want to hear it, you could have turned this off by now. Um, that's it. That's all I got to say for today. I appreciate you all listening to my therapy session. Um, the check is in the mail for uh, for your services. I appreciate it, and I hope you guys have a wonderful fucking weekend. I'm out.